Hello and welcome to Tully Travels Podcast. <clears throat> Hello everyone and you're welcome to day 21. So um, actually the last episode, episode 20 was recorded on day 21 as well as in the morning and now it's day 21 night. So um, I pick up where I left off. Obviously my host is... My hosts in Colombia, they were lovely people. Um, but obviously just uh, the chickens in the house kind of put me off a small bit. Um, so anyway, left their house, left late because I was so tired. And I went down the road to a Walgreens and bought a rake of food and had breakfast. So I was well hipped. I was very well prepared for the day. So got out of Columbia and got back on the Katy Trail and just started sort of getting stuck into it. Um, a lot of people out this morning on the bikes and today, you know, Saturday morning, groups and groups of people and, you know, twos and threes and whatnot. So it was lovely to see. For the best part, the majority of people were friendly at the start. Uh, and then it was like people just got a bit snobby then I thought after a while but uh, I kept stopping and eating plenty and hydrating so I was on to a winner Um, got talking to the odd one along the way and landed to a place called Boomsville I think or Bonesville I think it was called went into a garage there and just got some more food and got talking to these two people outside and they were asking for cigarettes. I said, I don't smoke, I'm sorry. And they go, oh, that's pretty cool and all this. They were, yeah, they were, they were enjoying their Saturday anyway. I'd say that much. So, um, yeah, I got talking to one or two more. And then it's funny, there was this blonde lady. and I'd overtake her and then she'd overtake me and so on and so forth. So I naturally used to keep saying hello to people, but for some reason she didn't want to say hello back. So... Kind of put me in a bit of a, a huff. Um, then I landed to a place called Pilot Grove. And this is where everything started going a bit wrong. So I was slightly tired and I'd. I can't remember how much. I, I, no, I wasn't even halfway, but I was very close to halfway of my cycle. So it was 160 kilometer, 60 kilometers. So it was around the 80k mark and there was these two young fellas at this pilot grove and uh, they were playing and they were, you know, they were very young but geez, they were annoying me because I was a bit tired, just wanted a minute's peace. But that's what happens I suppose when you're in a public place. <clears throat> it's there for everyone and they were playing music loud. It was, yeah, anyways, I've probably done the same at that age. Left pilot grove. And 10 minutes later, I had a flat tire. And I was dreading it, that this would happen. So I knew I had a, a tube, but I had no way to get the tire on or off because I don't have my levers. Well, I do have them, but they're shite. Literally got off the bike and two fellas, James and Corey, landed asked, did I need help? And I just asked, where's the next kind of, like, hut place? Because you see it at these huts. Along the Gaelic Trail, you know, there'd be a pump there and there'd be all the tools to, you know, whip the tire off. They said, oh, it's ages away. 
And I thought, well, I'm not going to turn them back. Didn't the two fellas give me a, a tube if I needed one? Leverages, and they waited with me until I started, like, getting the tire off. Could not believe it. Two of the nicest fellas you'll ever meet, roughly about my age. Anyway, uh, we were wrestling, trying to get the, the tire on. And didn't I break this lad Corey's two leverages? It was sick now. I was like, I'm afraid this might happen, and then it did, and I broke the two of them on him. So we couldn't get the tire on, and then I remembered I have a nail clippers in my front sack. So I used that to get the last bit on. Worked a treat. Went to pump up the tire, flat tire, where I had leveraged it in with the nail clippers. So obviously I had it clipped the tube. So same thing again, I had to rip that tube out and the tire off, put it in again. Same thing happened again. And again, three times it happened. Then I said to the lads, I said, lads, I'm holding you up. You wanted like head. So my pump is obviously, um, is broke. I was not working. Didn't the Corey lad give me his one? He said, you'll need it more than I will. And I threw them a couple of dollars, but I just, I thought, you know, down the road, if they get a puncture, they're fucked. Because I have their pump. And I'm after probably breaking two of their tubes. You know, faith in humanity and... Good people like that, you know, they kind of, they sold themselves short in order to help me and then I couldn't believe it. But anyway, um, fourth time I got the tube on and the tire on and I was pumping and air was holding, I was like, lovely. So I pumped away and then, you know, I knew the tire wasn't even on the rim. So usually you wait and you kind of go messing with it. So I waited a minute or two and went messing. And there was no change, so I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to pump it as hard as I can now. <clears throat> Didn't the fucking thing blow? My ears were ringing like there was shite all over the ground, like blown up into the air into my face. I was like, fuck. It blew out the side rim of the tyre where all like, the cables are that like hold the tyre in place. So I was like, oh no. Ripped off the tyre, ripped out the tube, tube, big massive hole in it. Like dead, oh, it's completely gone. Like it's put it into a museum. You're not getting any more use out of that one. Put in a new tube again. Won't tire won't hold air because it keeps pissing out this hole now that I blew out on the actual tire. The tire is what two or three weeks old. I bought it in Frederick. Um, so yeah, just lasted what all of two weeks. Disgusted at myself. Um, you know. And then I tried everything, like, I remember someone telling me you should, like, put, like, a dollar note and, you know, it might just hold a bit. Or some people were saying put a sock or, like, tape. I taped it and nothing, nothing would hold the air. So I'm 80 kilometres away from where I need to be and I've only one wheel. So I just took off walking. Five minutes later, I met a man on a, one of those bikes you can sit down on. He was from Michigan. He cycled from Michigan to LA and now he's on his way home. He's been on the road 10 months and he's easily in his 70s. What a man. So, like, he was mad to try and help me, but he couldn't do much. And I said, Don't worry about it, I'll figure it out. Then a lady came on a leather bike, same thing. She goes, If you come back to Pilot's Grove, which is maybe 20 minute cycle, so God knows how long, pushing a bike, she goes, My husband is there, he's collecting me, and we can bring you to. Uh, Brumsville. 
where I'd already been that day and I said, no, I'm not going back the way she goes. Even better chance uh, of getting the lift somewhere from Brunsville than you do anywhere else because that's on route, uh, route 70. And I was like, no, I'm going to keep going. She goes, oh, you're definitely Irish. And I said, yeah, stubborn. And she goes, yeah, same as my husband. So thanked them and said goodbye. And the next nearest place I knew I could go was Clifton City. Yeah, 17 kilometres. Sorry, no. 12 kilometres. So, I... Sorry, no, I'm right. I was right the first time, but it was 17. I had four kilometres to push the bike, and then I could get on a road. And I pushed the bike on the road for five kilometres, and then I'd get onto a highway. And then once I got onto this highway, I was like, I'll definitely get a lift. Like, I was just trying to remain positive and trick myself into believing it um, it was 7 kilometers into Clifton City and I had to walk all the way pushing the bike uphill, downhill every time a car would pass I put my thumb out no joy so very defeated Dis- disheartened tired, pissed off, embarrassed but um, do you know fuck it it's no harm maybe that has happened I, I'm trying to remain positive like in these situations, but uh, I'm here now at the sort of side of the road in Clifton City. There's another man here camping beside me, and just need to make a plan for tomorrow and get to Sedalia. Uh, I know there'll be bike shops there because it's a big town, and yeah, geez, you know, just reassess everything. You know, uh, I was hoping to get to Kansas City, obviously, tomorrow, but, like, that's out the window. Um, and, yeah, just a bit disgusted at myself now. And I've, 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 like, shared all the stories, although they're taking ages to go up on Instagram because the coverage is shite. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be sharing that side of it as well, like, rather than, yeah, it's all good and saying nothing um, is not... And, you know, I've had more good days than bad days, but um, when, like, something like this happens, like, it's an absolute stinker. And only for those two lads, you know, I'm kind of dependent on other people to kind of get me out of the mess, which isn't right either, but, you know, it's riding luck. And um, it ran out, obviously, today, once once I got the, the blowout, which... You know, bring me back down to earth a bit, a small bit maybe, but anyways. Um, can't think of anything else. Going to go to bed now. Try and get some coverage and make a plan for the morning. Try my best to get a lift. Otherwise, I think I'm about 20 kilometres from Sedalia. And I don't fancy pushing the bike all day tomorrow, but... um. Even if I could, you know, get a lift for like half that, it'd be something and get a new tyre and get back on the road and, yeah, maybe cop myself on a small bit then after that. But, um, I'm trying to think. No, nothing else. Like, so though, thankful to them two lads, Corey and James. <coughs> you know, geez, there's not too many fellas that stop and wait. Like the guts of a half an hour, 45 minutes in the sun with me 
watching me and trying to help put on the tire with me and you know I'm completely I'm flabbergasted <laughs> but um anyway I could keep raving on about it all night but uh that's all for me anyway and I interviewed my warm showers host in, in Herman his name is Lee Petherjohn so you can listen to that after this Good luck, and hopefully we'll have a bit more luck tomorrow. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tully Travels. I am here with a man by the name of Lee Pettajohn from everywhere in America. Uh, we're in Herman, Missouri at the moment. Uh, Lee, you're very welcome to the pod. Oh, thank you for having me. It's It was a great pleasure having you last night. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I arrived a little late last night and we sat around and had a good chat. It was really good. It was a nice way to end the day. Absolutely. Um, first off, Lee, how are you today? Uh, good, good. Just got done with a 5K run, trying to stay somewhat in shape in my 40s. So, uh, But yeah, sun shining and... It's a good day. It sure is for a Friday as well at the moment, so it's looking good. Um, you've had a, a very interesting life, Lee. Do you want to maybe tell us a little bit about growing up uh, right up to the current day? Yeah, absolutely. So I was, uh, I grew up in a uh, Air Force family. Uh, Dad was in the military, so we moved around a lot. Born in Illinois, and then moved to Alabama, Oklahoma, um, and then we actually did four years in Saudi Arabia. Uh, living in Riyadh. My dad was the base commander there uh, for the Air Force. And then we moved to Colorado where I finished up high school, uh, finished up college in Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, and then um, started working for myself at at one point. And um, my parents had moved to St. Louis to go to seminary. And then he was the pastor of a church here close by and his health wasn't doing very well. So I figured if I can work from home in Colorado, I can work from home anywhere. So we moved out here on a two-year commitment. I told my wife, I said, look, just give me two years. We'll go to Herman, we'll live there, I'll be close to my dad and have maybe a little bit of final time with him, and then we'll move back to Colorado, I promise. Uh, that was 14 years ago. <laughs> so so uh, 14 years into a two-year commitment, we are here in Herman, Missouri. Well. Oh, it's been a it's been a long two years. It's been a long two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose you know, from moving around and your your father being in the air force, it must have been a very exciting, you know, changing and seeing so much of the world at a young age. Yes, absolutely. The my favorite thing, above anything else, is food. It's like. They have so many different types of food over in the Middle East. And then when we got to, my dad was four years in the Air Force over there. So he got, after two years, they give you like a flight home. And my dad was an incredibly smart guy. So they said, well, we'll give you a flight home. And he's like, okay, I'd like a layover in Tokyo and a layover in Beijing and a layover in Alaska. I mean, so we did like this huge around the world trip basically. And it was wonderful. And there's just, the, but the food, like food from like all over the world is just amazing. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I enjoy the most. It's funny, you know, all as humans with all different tastes, depending on where you are. Like yeah. it's, it's, or what's growing or what's fresh or, yeah, what, you know. Seasonal and everything, yeah. No, that's a good, good point. Um, do you mind telling us, Lee, what you do for work? Yeah, I... Uh, 
I am a website developer at the moment. Um, basically a web designer makes things look pretty. That is not what I do. I'm not into colors. I'm not into fonts. I, uh, what I do is I find designers and they make the website look pretty of how they want it to look. And then I take that and I put it into code. I write CSS and HTML and JavaScript and PHP and work in WordPress. Um, and then I have started getting into more databases and categorizing information and making it so that you can have like an online application so that if you have a bunch of data, I can organize it and then I can make it easy for you to manipulate that also. Jeez, right, so there's a lot to it. Yeah, sure. Sure. And uh, as well, but it's fun. The, the way the world is going at the moment, like it's it's needed now more than ever with with internet and yes. websites and everything. Yeah, absolutely. No, but, um, I know we've kind of touched on this, but uh, how much of America have you seen? Obviously, you've you've been all mm -hmm. over. I have been almost all over. We used to do uh, family vacations to uh, like. Death Valley, Grand Canyon, uh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, I've seen a lot of the East Coast when, so we homeschool our kids and we decided that after our colonial America um, section of school that the kids went through, we decided to go to Yorktown, Jamestown, Washington DC, and kind of a whole East Coast tour. And that was really great. So. Um, I have never, everybody tells me I need to go to Boise, Idaho, though. Everybody tells me that Idaho is amazing, so that's, that's on my bucket list. You do. <laughs> I've never been, but you have to go. <laughs> um, out of all those places you mentioned, is there any one that you would call your favorite or that you really liked? Anywhere with a beach. I, I love beaches and water and the sound of crashing waves and being in the ocean. Um, I did go to Puerto Rico recently. And it was amazing. Jeez. It was wonderful. Yeah. So. And when you're along the coast, I think, yeah, you know, that salt air coming in on top of you, it's about the quality of life nearly. Oh, it's relaxing and invigorating and peaceful and, yeah. Yeah. It ticks all the boxes. Right. Um, do you have any plans to visit Ireland ever? Always. Come on. Well, always. You're always welcome. I... Yes, we, um, being as I grew up traveling around, basically like moving every four years and doing a lot of travel, um, yes, that's like, I would love to do, someone told me that there is a cruise that you can take and it's a cruise like through all the riverways in the United Kingdom and then you, you uh, visit all the castles on, on the river and that sounds... Jeez, that sounds good. That sounds incredible. Jeez, yeah. Jeez, we'll, we'll have to sort something. Um, I got uh, everyone this question, Lee, but uh, obviously the size of America, you have sports for nearly every day of the week. Do you follow much of it or do you have any teams you support? Zero. Go man. Absolutely zero. I love playing sports. I love soccer and baseball and playing kickball with the kids or, you know, volleyball, basketball. But I watch zero. Now, I will say... Um, I've been to a couple Cardinals games because I really love doing things that other people love doing. Yeah. So if other people love going to baseball games, I like going to baseball games because I learn so much 
you know, about, about what I'm watching, first of all, but then I also learn like, why do they like it? What are they, what are they interested in? And it kind of, I don't know, just kind of the connection there. So yeah. I like sports when other people like sports. I'm with you. That's a good point. Yeah. When, when the other person knows so much about it and they can pass on the information, it's, it's a bit easier to follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Lee, do you have a favorite memory in your life or a day that sticks out in your mind that you'd like to share? Apart from uh, hosting me. <laughs> yes, this is it. This is the culmination <laughs> of my life. I can die happy now. Uh, <laughs> um, you even asked me this question before. Um, I do remember one instance. Uh, I'm a Christian, and so I grew up in a Christian home just a little bit of background, but grew up, grew up to a point where I was in high school and then I started having all these questions. And then I realized that, um, that God's going to have to start like standing on its own two legs rather than my parents like telling me. So anyway, so I, I grew up in a Christian home and it got to the point where I, I did believe and I did believe and I did believe, but there was a point at which, uh, my wife and I were talking about, um, something specific and it was like whether or not to play like this certain video game and and as we're talking like I had my points and she had her points and a verse came to me and it said that don't put a stumbling block in front of your brother and I got to the point where my faith had been a lot a lot of words and then it, at that point I said I should probably start putting this faith into action and so instead of continuing to like argue back and forth and who's right, I said, you know what? I'm going to let this one go. You know, this is something that I don't want to be a barrier between us. And, and it was kind of at that point that I realized that the faith that I have needs to be internalized and I need to believe it and know it but then it also has to be externalized with other people. And I think that goes for a lot of different things. So when I think about like, you know, you need to, you know, feed the poor or you need to house someone that's riding across America that needs a warm shower. That's, that's what we want to do. So we want to live that out. So. Jeez, yeah, no, that's nice. That's, that's deep thinking. Like it's very thought out. Yeah. It's good. Jeez, yeah, but nice. Um, if anyone here is listening and they've never been to Herman, Missouri before and they're thinking about either visiting or moving, what would you tell them? Um, <clears throat> my best suggestion is to find a tribe of people that you can connect with. There's lots. We sat down recently and we wrote through, I think, 50 different organizations, like 50 different nonprofit organizations here in town. Just people trying to do good things for other people. Um, there's, you know, city government and there's chamber of commerce. But if you're going to move to town, like find, find good people to interact with. Because Herman is a great place to not be busy. Not be busy with work, not be busy with, you know, worrying about things. But there's things to be busy with, with other people. And so that's that's and call me absolutely first off as soon as you get into town we'll help you move 
But um, but then, yeah, find good people. You've heard it here first. <laughs> There'll be a queue out the door from tomorrow, Lee. That's right. Um, the, I know we spoke about it last night. The population as well of Herman, it's... 2,300? Yeah, 23, 2,500, and that includes like even the surrounding area of all the farms and um, and I think maybe even Rhineland a little bit too. But Aye, and um, it's it's very agricultural around here, lots of big green fields, and um, one of the main industries is uh, vineyards. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Is it uh, like red, white wine, or is it a mixer? Uh, the Norton grape is the one that grows the best here. Um, but any, any winery you go to is going to be like really, really good with a a big variety, basically. So there's, there's about five different wineries that are just within like a five mile radius of here. And I think there's like 12 or 13 or 15 different wineries within like a 20 mile radius. So yeah, you'll... If you like wine, you'll fit right you're going to find something. <laughs> you're in the right place. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, Lee, maybe just to finish up, have you, have you any final words or pieces of advice or words in general just to live by? Uh, if, if you don't know Jesus, be curious. Just ask questions. Talk to people that know him. Kind of get to know this person. Uh, if you do, then kind of like I said before, dig deeper into that faith and then also live it out yeah make make your own mind and yeah find find your own sort of opinions yeah yeah no it's brilliant well lee it was great talking to you thank you very much for hosting me i really enjoyed it it's been so pleasurable having you here thank you very much